0: This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. (laughs) (laughs) (lists士2] ( posing) (action) Pierce. Tatum drives down and throws it down. This is why I say something. I'm you young, can I What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? How we doing? How we doing? And welcome to episode one fifty eight, episode one five eight of the Banner Banter podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a super duper weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter eighteen or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner banter podcast and as you know i'm part of the big night media team with some awesome podcasts like a chance to strive rambling with a purpose 30 flirty and surviving music you're missing it's always something with jd boston uncommon with joe maz the marky p show those girls you know drinks after work eat the damn cake on the promoter he's the dj burnt toast and let's be clear with kayla and if you're into sports cards go check out big night breaks they do sports card breaks every single night on whatnot facebook youtube instagram you name it and you can also check out card vault at Patriot Place. If you don't want to do the breaks online, you can go shop in person to get your favorite sports cards down at Card Vault down at Patriot Place. And if you want free tickets to go to concerts at Big Night Live, check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday on the Big Night Media Instagram page at Big Night Media. And you can always get your Banner Adventure podcast merchandise at bignightshop.com. Holy guacamole, what a week for the Boston Celtics. Four-game West Coast road trip. Final one is tonight against Oklahoma City Thunder, if you're listening on Monday. 3-0 and so far. I just wanted them to go 3-1. and There is a ginormous opportunity for them to go 4-0 and on this West Coast road trip. And now only 10 games remaining left in the regular season. The playoffs are literally right around the corner for the Boston Celtics. We're going to break it all down for you. So this week on the podcast, I'll give you the updated... Eastern Conference standings, and then the topic that I'm going to talk about is, if you remember four or five weeks ago, I talked about the five things that the Celtics need needed to do after the All-Star break to really move up in the standings. How's that going? So we'll recap that. We'll talk about the three-point shooting, how that's improved. We'll do Sudden Dead of the Week, and then, as always, we'll preview the upcoming game. So currently, the Boston Celtics are 44-28. and Last week, they beat the Warriors 110-88. to Hopefully, Steph Curry is okay and can be back in time for the playoffs. That was an unfortunate incident between him and Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart going for the loose ball. Kind of laid it with awkwardly on Steph Curry's foot, Steph Curry's going to be out and should be back for at least the start of the playoffs, supposedly. And then they beat the Kings 126-97, to and then they beat the Denver Nuggets 124-104. to That's right, they've won every single game so far on the road by 20 points or more, just absolutely banana land. And currently, they are tied for third with the Philadelphia 76ers in the Eastern Conference, which, I mean, who would have thought? You know, if, if you, it's crazy, like it's kind of unexplainable. If you look at this team the last week before they played the Phoenix Suns, like around Christmas, you were just like, this team's toast. Like they're. We I get it, it's a long season but no one saw this coming, no one saw this type of turnaround and the fact that they are now tied for third in the Eastern Conference with the Philadelphia 76ers it's crazy, currently the 76ers are technically the third seed, they're up only by percentage points due to the fact that they have played two less games than the Celtics so the 76ers have 12 games left the Celtics have 10 games left this week the Celtics are playing the Oklahoma City Thunder in OKC and then they got two home games this week against the Utah Jazz and the Minnesota Timberwolves and we'll talk about that later on in the podcast they are only a half game behind the second place Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference and let me just say this right now I don't want the Celtics to be the two seed I really don't. Chances are the Cavs will probably be the seventh seed going into the play-in and then the Nets will be the eighth seed and I'm pretty sure the Nets will be able to beat the Cavs and then that means you're playing the Nets in the first round and nope I uh, yeah I don't want that so I really think as great as it is, as it is for the Celtics to continue to win, they may have a very tough opponent in the first round if they finish as the two seed or even the one seed. So I I think the third seed would be best for them personally, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I personally would rather play the Raptors. I mean, the Raptors are playing very well. They beat the Philadelphia 76ers last night without Fred Van Vliet, which is very impressive. But I would rather play the first round maybe against the raptors or the bulls versus the nets and then get ready for the bucks or 76ers in the second round so we'll see but 10 games left long way to go the bucks this week they have the bulls wizards and grizzlies the 76ers have the heat at home and then they go on a west coast road trip to play the lakers the clippers and the suns and then the bulls have the raptors bucks Yeah, Raptors, Bucks, and Pelicans, if I remember that correctly. I think my brain just fired it. And the fact that I'm memorizing these other teams' schedules makes me very very, very uncomfortable. So this week, I wanted to talk about the five things that the Celtics needed to do after the All-Star break that I think I talked about on episode 154 or 155, whatever episode it was. So the first thing that I wanted, to, that I needed the Celtics to do was to beat teams that they were supposed to beat and don't lose home, home games. So since the All-Star break, the Celtics are 4-1 and one at home. That only lost was to the Mavs the night of the Kevin Garnett game. That's fine by me. Four and one—that's great—and they have beaten the teams that they have that they're supposed to beat, the teams that they are better than, not only record-wise but from top to bottom roster. The Hawks, the Hornets, the Pistons, the Kings—those type of games last year, this team couldn't do. And and to be honest with you, even earlier this year, this is those were the type of games that this team couldn't win. So it's great to see that they're doing that. So check mark number one right there. The second one is Jason and Jalen. They need to play off each other, and they did that very well in Sacramento on Friday, and they did it very well in Denver last night, beating the Denver Nuggets. A very good team. They both scored 30 points again. Very, very impressive. This is the fifth time that they have scored 30 points or more which breaks a Celtics franchise record held back in 1986-1987 by Kevin McHale and Larry Bird, where those guys scored 30 points or more in the same game four times. Jalen and Jason did it a total of five times so far this year, and there's 10 games remaining. So yeah, break up the Jays, huh? but one of the things that I really enjoyed from the Sacramento Kings game was Jalen had 16 points in the first quarter, completely took control of that basketball game, and then when Jalen went to the bench because the way Emei has kind of been doing it for Jalen and Jason, which is kind of a copycat thing of Brad, which is fine because like I said, or like I've said before, there have been some things that Brad did really well that Emei has kind of taken over. And one of those is Jalen will play the entire first quarter and then Jason starts the second quarter and Jason drops 17 points in that second quarter. So when you, you have that those type of weapons and those guys are playing well with each other with the other bench guys it's absolutely fantastic so check mark number 2 so we're two for two so far the third thing i was hoping for was number 12's 3 point shooting which i talked about last week since the all-star break he is shooting 31% before the all-star break he was shooting 44% so that is something that will continue and i will i will talk about it constantly because i do think it was an important part of the Celtics continually getting better. Number 12 being open in that corner, the Celtics being able to spread the floor. So I do want to keep an eye on that, and I will keep an eye on that. There was a couple times last night against the Nuggets where he actually took the ball to the paint, shot fake, dribbled it, finished it. It was awkward looking. It it, it was what it was. Some things you just can't unsee, and we're going to move on. But if number 12 can get his three-point shooting back to maybe like 38% before the All-Star break, and he gets in a good rhythm. That's going to be a good thing for this basketball team. So, unfortunately, no check mark here. So we're two for three. The next was stay healthy. Everyone so far, minus Aaron Niesmith, has been healthy. And when Aaron Niesmith does come back from a sprained ankle, I don't know if he's going to be getting those minutes. I think Eme has his roster set. Jason, Jalen, Marcus, Rob, Al, Peyton, Derek, Tice, And who am I forgetting? I feel like there's one more. Why am I having a brain fart? What an idiot. Oh yeah. Number 12. Sorry. Like that's not a shot at number 12. Like in all honesty, I just had a brain fart. So those eight or nine guys are going to be playing. So I really think it's going to be tough for Aaron Nismith to crack the lineup, which sucks because now it's almost like two wasted years for Aaron Neesmith. So hopefully he can come back very strong next year. And then So, yeah, that's another check mark. So we're now three or four. And then finally, can this team win 49 games? I predicted that they would win 47. They're 44 and 28 right now. There's 10 games left. They have the eighth toughest strength of schedule the rest of the way. I basically asked, can they go 15 and seven the rest of the way? Folks, this might be like a 51 game winning team. Like I know that made zero sense, but my brain just got so excited I I couldn't even think. This game, this team could win fifty one games. This team could go fifty one and thirty one this season. Something that I think a lot of us thought could happen, but weren't very confident in saying it. But this is just crazy. So I would say the five things that the Celtics need to do after the All Star break, in my opinion, they've done four out of those five, and hopefully all four or really all five can continue going forward, and improving into the All-Star break. And then just one more thing before we get into sudden debt of the week. Last week, I talked about the Celtics' three-point shooting and how it needed to improve. Last week, they averaged 35 attempts per game and shot 25% on threes with 23 assists per game. This week, they averaged 40 attempts per game, not really the direction I was hoping that they were going attempts-wise, but they shot 40% on threes, on the road on the west coast road trip very impressive but guess what they did it with 28 assists per game so breaking news more assists more ball movement more open shots more made threes more fun more jason tatum's kiss of death that's what i'm talking about so do i want to see them taking 43 uh 43 point attempts per game absolutely not but do i want to see 28 assists per game which could lead to better three-point shooting percentages Absolutely, and they did that in the West Coast road trip, and they're going to need to do that going forward against a very good Utah Jazz team and a very good Minnesota Timberwolves team. Yeah, I said it. The Minnesota Timberwolves are very good right now, and then they're going to have to do that on the road against the Bucks, the Bulls, and the Grizzlies, those last three road games of the season that I will literally, like, glue into your head on how important those games are. But with that being said, let's roll into stud and dud of the week Hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics stud. And the Celtics dud. Of the week. Okay, this week's stud and dud of the week for episode 158 of the Banner Banter podcast. To be honest with you, it could have been Jalen Brown. He played great, but he had two straight games with zero assists. That is now his sixth and seventh game this season where he has zero assists, and that ain't giving you the opportunity to win stud of the week. Dropping 30 is dope and all. Very cool of him. I love it. His offensive game has gotten better these last few weeks. I love it. But back-to-back zero-assist games, that ain't it. The stud of the week is Jason Tatum. Now, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, obviously Jason and Jalen breaking his Celtics franchise record, passing Kevin McHale and Larry Bird in the 1986-1987 season, is very impressive. We cannot... I, I cannot talk about that enough. Those two guys dropping 30 points apiece five times this year... In the same game is incredible do we need it to happen more absolutely because if those two guys can give you 60 plus points the rest of the each night and then the rest of the team only has to score like 50 or 60 points and you defend well this is going to be a very very hard team to beat in the playoffs if they can keep it up but anyways Jason Tatum shot 59% from the field this week against the Warriors the Kings and the Nuggets he shot 57% from three and he shot 93% from the free throw line he averaged 29 points seven boards and five assists per game going into tonight's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder he's only six points behind DeMar DeRozan for most points scored in the league now do I give a shit about that Nope, I don't. Is it very impressive? Absolutely. You know what's more impressive? Banner 18. I don't care if Jason Tatum's the fourth leading scorer in the league, the first, the 12th, the 15th, whatever. If he keeps playing on the different level that he's playing right now, a consistent different level, that is what I need. He is playing so well, he is shooting so well. He's defending, so well. He's rebounding, so well. He's passing out of traps and double teams, so well. He's been playing unbelievable basketball. So sure, go score the most points in the league. But you know what? I need you to continue to be the best player for this Boston Celtics team because once Jason Tatum got his head out of his ass, wait, from a november and a ugh, december once jason tatum got his head straight and started playing on the level that he could play and the level that we all knew he could play at this team has been unbeatable and very good and that has to continue going forward sure is it possible for jason tatum i literally just saying this made me a ol- Like, almost have a stroke, as you just heard. Is there a chance that Jason Tatum could go in a little slump? Sure, we have to be realistic about that. But right now, Jason Tatum is doing exactly what this team needs on both ends of the floor. And it's so much fun to watch. So he gets set of the week this week. The dead of the week is Derek White. Derek White, I think, has fit in very well with this team. His offense obviously has been concerning, but his defense is great. He can switch very well, which is how the Celtics defense works. Him and Smart play great together on both ends of the floor. His recovery when he gets beat off the dribble, which is rare, is very good. He is willing to take charges. He makes great um, reads going into the passing lanes, all that stuff. And... He also makes the right passes, too, which is great. He averaged four assists this week uh, in the three games. He had a four-assist game, a five-assist game, and a three-assist game. So to- so 12 total assists for him. But the issue is he can't shoot the ball that well. He shot 19% from three, eight I'm sorry, 19% from the field, 8% from three. And listen, Derek White has to find his shot come playoff time. If Derek White can get you 13 or 14 points, those type of points that Josh Richardson started scoring for the Celtics team when this really good streak of basketball started right before the trade deadline, again, that's another good thing for this basketball team. You know, if if Marcus Smart can give you 15, if Derek White can give you 15, and then the Jays can give you 60, you know, not each, but a total... I mean, that's literally 90 points right there. And then if your stellar defense is playing, I'm telling you, Derek's White, Derek White and number 12's offense is going to be a very important piece on how deep the Celtics team can go in the playoffs because a lot of teams are probably going to to defend Jason Tatum the way the Mavs did. The Mavs did a great job limiting Jason Tatum with shots. And then once he did get those shots, he really wasn't in a great rhythm. He would miss those shots, but he had a lot of assists that game and he could have, he could have had more assists in that Mavs game if guys like Derek White and number 12 hit shots. So, Watching Derek White and number 12 's offense going forward when Jason Tatum is playing with those guys by himself in the, you know to start the second quarter while Jalen's on the bench is going to be vital in every single playoff series going forward for sure all right let's preview the three games this week. The first one is tonight. The second night of a back-to-back versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. You hope that it's a blowout and you don't have to play Jalen or Jason or Rob or Marcus or Al in the fourth quarter. Hell, even in the third quarter. This should be an absolute blowout. The game is at 8 p.m. in Oklahoma City, the last game of this West Coast road trip. Uh, Shea Gildris Alexander should be playing in this game. He took the Magic game off due to a back injury. Um, He's a great talent. Obviously can score at will, gets to a spot, a freak of an athlete, and it will be a tough cover for for Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown, whatever Eme decides to do. The last time these two teams played was back in November. The Celtics won by six, but Jalen Brown did not play in that game due to uh, that hamstring injury that he had. They also have Josh Giddey. Uh, He's been awesome this season for them as a rookie. He's not the best three-point shooter, but he is someone that can get to his spots, and they're going to have to defend him well. He also loves running the floor off of rebounds, so they're going to have to keep an eye out on him, especially in transition. But the Oklahoma City Thunder have lost nine games in in a row and currently have the worst defense in the league. So if you look at Jason Tatum last week, and then he sees the worst defense in the league, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown may have the sixth game of the season where both of them score 30 points each it is possible so the two big games this week that or really the only two games left after the thunder game they're very important games utah jazz coming to town the utah jazz are a very very good team i think they're fourth yeah i think they're fourth in the western conference i i forget if they're right before the grizzlies or right after either way it's a very big game and to be honest with you the last time these two teams played was one of those nights where celtics fans got really concerned about can this team close out games i remember probably talking about it like oh my god they blew it again in the fourth quarter they had an opportunity they didn't do it but jalen brown didn't play in that game so that's obviously a positive and The Jazz don't have Joe Ingles anymore. He got hurt and then he got traded. Bogdanovich has been out with a calf injury. Mike Conley is day-to-day with a knee injury or just really maintenance for his knee injury, but he should be able to play, which is a huge thing for them. He's one of the most underrated and most underappreciated point guards in the NBA, but this is the seventh best three-point shooting team in the league, so say it with me now. Don't try and shoot or outshoot a team that's better than you. Just don't do it. Please, for the love of God. They also have the number one offensive rating in the league. The Celtics have the number one defensive rating in the league. So this should be a lot of fun. Which team is going to win? Is it going to be the defense? Is it going to be the offense? Obviously, Rudy Gobert in the middle. If we could get him into foul trouble, that opens up things for the Celtics offense. I hope Jalen and Jason aren't afraid of Rudy Gobert and they attack the rim. I think watching Rob and Rudy Gobert defend each other will be a lot of fun. Obviously, I'm a little concerned about that because... Even though it has improved, one of the things that I've always thought Rob hasn't been great at is when a guy kind of backs him down, he really can't get those block shots that he did, like in the Warriors game, where he could kind of flow at will, watch the ball move around in his recovery, and the amount of room he makes up. Like, there were some blocks in the Warriors game where you had no idea where Rob was. He wasn't even in your screen, and he was blocking shots. It was was very, very impressive. But, you know, Donovan Mitchell versus Jalen Brown should be a lot of fun. Jalen needs to be aggressive, take the right shots, pass the goddamn ball. I I cannot tell you how much I hate when Jalen Brown has zero assists. At least give me one. It drives me absolutely bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. So this is a good game where... He's going to have a good defender on him like Donovan Mitchell for the most part, because I don't think Donovan Mitchell is going to defend Tatum, but I'm telling you folks, Jalen Brown, his offense has been great as of late. I'm not complaining about that. Just pass the ball a little bit. That's all. And then finally, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they're in town on Sunday, 6 p.m. game. Listen, the Celtics get three days off. Al Horford will be ready to go. The Timberwolves have been playing great basketball as of late. Going into Sunday's game, I I didn't check if they won or not, but they've won 9 out of 11 games, including beating the Bucks, Warriors, and the Cavs. All three playoff teams, Marcus, Jason, and Jalen, have to keep their heads versus Patrick Beverly. He finds a way to crawl under player skins all the time. He did it the other night in the Bucks game. He got George Hill tossed. George Hill is one of those guys who's been in the league forever like literally forever, a veteran, one guy that every single NBA team would love to have on their team. And Patrick Beverly got under his skin and they both got tossed. Cat, aka Carl Anthony Towns, he dropped 60 points last week. So in one game, very impressive. So Rob and Al have to be ready for him on the block, on the elbow, at the three-point line, pick and roll, sliding down the ladder, pick and pop, all of it. Carl Anthony Towns has gotten better and better every single year, all-star this year, well-deserved. And then you also have Anthony Edwards, one of the most fun, athletic, young guys in the league. He's so much fun to watch. And this is not your old T-Wolves team from last year or many, many years ago. Top 10 in offense, top 12 in defense. They do a lot of good things with a lot of young guys. They also have Vanderbilt. He's a very good guy, or a very good young player as well, up and coming. So this, the T-Wolves game ain't some easy game. I'm telling you this right now. The The, the Celtics may make it look easy, but it's not going to be some easy game. So the Celtics, if they can beat the Thunder and then maybe split with the Jazz and the Timberwolves, I would consider that a good week if they can go 2-1 and one this week. And hey, if they can go 3-0, and oh, don't tempt me with a good time. But that's it for episode 158 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Recently hit 20,000 listens last week so cool. Who would have thought this podcast would have 20,000 listens? I really appreciate everyone's support every single week. It should be fun going forward, especially this, this tight playoff race, these last 10 games of the season. And then as you know, going forward, I will do a podcast after every single Celtics playoff game to give you a full breakdown. You know, quick 10, 12 minute episodes, nothing crazy, but that's it. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.